2: Good Monday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between. By the way, I know this isn't Mr. Patrick O'Dowd. This isn't Mr. Dave Vanguard. The black folk took over once again, baby, we here. It's your boy, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. I'm with my brother, Mr. Christopher Platt. And this is your Monday morning Chair Shot Radio. First and foremost, Chair Shot Radio is brought to you in conjunction with the thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Number one, get that out the way. Number two, I know this is musical chairs. We got a lot of music we can talk about. We ain't going to talk about none of it today. Because I know we like to give you some diversity here in the chair shot. Unfortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately, I should say, this was a major wrestling weekend. And uh, it's Monday morning. You just sat through a big episode of SmackDown, a legendary episode of Rampage. A major uh, Survivor Series and a game-changing uh, episode of Fantasy Takeover. We'd be remiss to open up Monday morning by talking about the Cure or the Clash or, you know, what I'm saying no diss to these bands or whatnot. I think we need to talk a little wrestling. So I brought my boy Mr. Platt on, and uh, number one because you know he's my go-to. That's my ace right, right? That's my ace right there. But number two. You have a unique perspective on something that happened Friday night. You want to tell the people?
1: Well, number one, greetings and citations, ladies and gentlemen. I'm still trying to catch up on my sleep from this weekend because I was a limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, Dylan, son of a gun. Like, I was in Chicago for approximately 26 hours. I flew in early, uh, what, uh, Friday morning.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, my flight got in about 11 o'clock. 1130, actually, Chicago time. And then I got back here Saturday in Atlanta at one o'clock. But I was in the house in the United Center for AEW Rampage in which CM Punk made his triumphant return to the wacky, wonderful, weird world of wrestling. And Ray, when I say it was a moment. That shit was a moment, man.
2: Well, don't get too deeper in, cause I, cause I, I really wanna, I want to ask questions, cause I want to know, right? First question I want to ask you before we go any further, because I want you to completely spew every feeling you feel about that. First thing I want to ask you though is, before the show started, in line getting into United Center, mind you, it's important to know for you fans listening, they didn't sell out the, the Rosemont Arena or the Allstate or whatever it is, which is right next to the, uh, not too far from the airport, which is what WWE usually runs. They sold out the United Center, where the Bulls play, where the Blackhawks play, the arena. Standing outside the arena, the kind of feeling and and, and kind of fervor among the fans, what did it feel like? What was the mood in the air?
1: Well, number one, I got to keep it a buck and a half. I know they said that it was a sellout in the arena, and I'm not saying that they didn't sell all the tickets in the arena, but there were clearly seats that nobody was sitting in. So okay. the way that they set the camera up, they we were sitting camera side, and where we were at, it was it was completely sold out. But on the other side of that arena, there were clearly a a plethora of empty seats. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. You know, it doesn't take away from the moment or nothing like that. And we know it's wrestling, so it's all about hyperbole and this and that. But, yeah, not all of those, not every single seat in the United Center had a butt in it. I'm not saying, I'm just saying.
2: Yeah, I mean, Allegiant Stadium didn't sell 51,000 seats. Let's be real. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah. But the but the vibe going into it, I mean, and you could see people, you know, coming up. Everybody was wearing their CM Punk shirts and whatnot. And you know, CM I feel Punk
2: shirts from Prior or they'd already bought the new one.
1: No, that that's funny. We'll get to that in a little bit. Please bring okay. that back up. But yeah, Prior, yes, yeah, Prior okay. CM Punk shirts and stuff like that. And I was out there too, sweeting a bunch of people and stuff like that. Like, you know, and you know, I I got to give aew their props because i've been very critical of pretty tony and aew in the past but i got to give the devil their due man like they i feel as if they played this absolutely perfectly they didn't come out and explicitly say that he was going to be there but they also didn't quell the rumors and then pretty tony came out and said everybody that's in the united center i promise they are going to go home happy you know what I mean? So they said it without saying it, which I feel like built towards the anticipation. It'll be interesting to see what the television numbers were when they come out. But yeah, we were all at a fever pitch and everybody knew why we were there. And we were there for that very reason.
2: What time did you get to the arena?
1: So we got there. So our hotel, we were actually about, we were by the by the uh, airport rather. So we were probably about an hour out it took us about an hour to drive there, you know, with Chicago traffic and everything. Yes. So yes. we we got there probably about 6 o'clock local time.
2: Okay. Yeah, So that's, maybe. Six, that's 6 central, and the show starts at 9.
1: Show starts at 9, but they did the AEW dark. So they had a bunch of dark matches, you know, two hours prior to the, the Rampage show,
2: which okay.
1: it was all right. But, I mean, it was what it was, man. Nobody really gave a shit, you know.
2: I mean, I heard Thunder Rosa got a huge pop.
1: She did. She did. She did get a huge pop. There's a few other people.
2: Because she probably got a big, well, I mean, more people, clearly. But she's a Texas chick. And I know she got a big pop here in Houston. But, I mean, you think, like, that would be the bigger pop than she got Chicago. But I heard, like, it was, like, like, Rorist pop. So, shout out to Thunder Rosa.
1: I mean, but, you know, sh- Chicago's a murky crowd so everybody knows who thunder rosa is and yeah we were excited to see her plus she's a friend of the chair shot you know i've interviewed her on a few occasions like yeah so i'm glad yeah and i'm glad she got her flowers but yeah she did get a good pop but that it was a very smarky crowd coming in there you know
2: and so there's nothing else of note on dark you want to mention before we get to what we're here to talk about not really
1: like it was what it was like it was cool you know we got the matches and. But, I mean, most of the people you really didn't know. And, you know, I left to go get me something to eat during the time. And I was in line for, you know, a, a vast majority of the the um, AEW Dark Show. So, it was cool. It was what it was.
2: But, you know, yeah. So, did you think he would open the show or end the show? Because when the show started, mind you, watching from home, like I was, you go straight from... SmackDown. SmackDown ended a minute early. Shout out to Vince for giving us a chance to flip over. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, and when the show started, the crowd was just chanting CM it was It was melodic. So it's like they almost knew it was going to start. Did y'all feel that? That he was, had to come out and start the show?
1: Most definitely, because going into it, I was thinking that he was going to end the show, and then that would be the hook to tune in next week. But mm-hmm. in hindsight, which is the best vision they played it absolutely perfectly because it had he not come out to start the show, the CM
2: Punk Chats
1: yeah, yeah, the CM Punk chess would have hijacked the entire show. You know what I mean? And Pretty Tony came out, I think maybe three minutes before. We actually went live on air and he okay. talked and this and that. And that's when the CM Punk Chance started. And then Justin Roberts did the countdown. Like, it was like 90 seconds and he did the countdown, whatever, whatever. But the CM Punk Chance had already started. Like, we, we knew what we were there for and, yeah.
2: And apparently Tony does that before every show, which is actually not a bad thing to do. Um, I'd like to see him continue to be more behind the scenes, but that's his, that's his company. You're paying for this, so do what you want. But he does that before every show. He'll come out, speak to the crowd, thank him and whatnot, which isn't a bad thing to do. So my next question is, 9 o'clock Central Time, because I'm Central Time here in Houston. You're Central Time there in Chicago where you were Friday night. 9 o'clock hits, the Dynamite opening plays, and you hear the ch-ch-ch. Literally, I want you to give me your visceral first reaction when you heard in Living Color or Living Color cultural personality play your first visceral reaction oh shit
1: it's happening because we all (laughs) you know because we knew it was gonna happen but then it happens you're like oh shit that's that's my visceral first reaction i thought i was gonna lose my voice man because we all lost our collective shits i know you saw the the guy in the crowd that was crying and shit like that i was there with my brothers big john broad danny hardcore hudman and big opie Danny started crying, too. Like, it was just that much of a moment. And I'm sitting up there consoling him. It's kind of like if you at church and somebody gets yeah. the Holy Ghost and you kind of yeah. put your arm around them and rub them, and it's like, you know, testify, brother, whatever, whatever. That that that, that That's how it was. Like, he, he literally started crying as well.
2: And for the record, for the record, I know a lot of people in this community make jokes. And I think in certain scenarios, it is a little weird. To get that emotional about something like that. But again, the point of the game is emotion. And I completely, I was initially, I was one of the people who was like, that's this motherfucker crying. But the more I thought about it and to be honest with you, the more I saw people sticking up for it, sticking up for him. I really thought deeper deeper into it. And you know what? Shout out to that, shout out to that dude, man. I want to give him a shout out and shout out to your boy Danny. And if that was that big of a moment for you, then why why wouldn't you cry? You know, I understand it. I cried when Kofi won. To- now, granted, it meant something different to me than this yeah. did, but yeah, Thanks. so I get it.
1: I cried when Kofi won as well, and frankly, if if it wasn't my friend, I probably would have been clowning that melon farmer that was on camera crying too, you know what I mean? But it's my friend, so I look at it, you know, through a different lens. But Sure. But, I mean, the, just the emotion in the building at that moment. I mean, it, this was, what, seven and a half years in the making. It,
2: yeah.
1: Hell, Punk got overwhelmed. Like you could see it on his face, he almost yeah. broke down. But you know, he took his time to kind of soak it in and whatnot. But yeah, he he almost cried.
2: This may sound a little weird, but you understand what I'm saying. I feel like he, even though he knew what to expect, he didn't expect that. You know what I'm saying? Like I I knew he expected. I mean, it's, it's Chicago. There are a lot of cities that have a relationship with the with the with the with the wrestler, Charlotte and Flair, Memphis and jerry lawler right uh miami and rock there is some anything texas and austin there are some cities that are just unanimous and there you know you're going to get a crazy thing but i think we've gotten to the point now punk has been in the business long enough where we can look at this from a an all-time lens right a historical lens i don't think there's any relationship with a wrestler in the town maybe only because of the 70s and 80s flair in charlotte but i think Punk in Chicago is maybe the most, um, maybe the biggest relationship, most symbiotic, that's what I was looking for, relationship between a wrestler and a town maybe we've ever seen. Am I, am, I, is that, am I jumping out the window too much with that? I don't think so. I would go Bruno
1: in New York, but that's before our time. Good, that's a good you point. You know what I mean?
2: That's a good point. And it wasn't just, it was a city for sure. I mean, granted, they didn't go nowhere. They were only in New York most of the time. But it was also Bruno and the immigrant population. Yeah, the so Italians that, right. that
1: that that was their one because back in the day, the WWF it was very uh, it was very uh, ethnocentric. You know yeah. what I mean
2: like everybody
1: had I've their pulled
2: off in the Polish and yeah yes. yeah
1: yes yes um uh Pedro Morales and the Puerto Ricans uh-huh. Bruno and the Italians and you know I'm sure there's others that we could you know talk about but you know but th- that's neither here nor there for this particular night I Pretty think cool. that punk but punk had to expect that but at the same point in time man to have 15,000 people in there going ape shit over you that shit has to feel overwhelming. Like there's not a, I know he's straight edge, but there's not a drink or a drug. And I, I say this as somebody that has done public speaking before, man. There's not a drink or a drug that could match that high that you feel. It doesn't exist. It, it, it doesn't at, exist at, at all. And I mean, you know, uh, shit. I forgot what I was gonna say, but uh, yeah, they're they're yeah. He expected it, I'm sure, but when it actually happens, and they're so. Man. And there's so few people on the face of the planet that can even relate to something like that. You know what I mean? That sure. can even, yeah, like that, yeah, it, he was clearly overwhelmed by the moment. And it's funny because Amber was here watching it. She recorded it, but she was watching it live. And when cult of personality hit, she was thinking that there was something wrong audio-wise. Like, they had fucked up the audio because she could barely hear oh. the song. But that, that what, what it was, that's just how ham that we went as soon as we heard that was the live reaction and where we were at in that particular moment man like yeah the the audio was great but we were just that excited to see this melon farmer man and i mean honestly man that's got to be one of my top three wrestling experiences of all time sure without question and i don't want to be hyperbolic and say that it was the best because you know i don't want to be a prisoner to the moment and recency bias and stuff like that but just Everything considering everything that went into that, the fact that he had left, the fact that they had kind of they did a great job of building it up and, and letting us know in the anticipation without letting us know that he was gonna be there, just all of that. And literally, he was the only reason I was there. He was the only reason we were all there. And to have that pay off in that moment, it was just I can't even describe it, man. You you know, it's one of them things like you 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 gotta be there, you know what
2: I mean? I completely understand, and I got to say, we'll talk more, we'll get a little deeper into personal feelings about the guy and and response to the promo and just the move in general for him signing with AEW. We'll talk about it a little deeper. I really want to just talk right now about the actual moment, but I want to say, and I want to shout out to the fan. CM Punk has become, I've said this on other platforms, but CM Punk has has kind of usurped being just a wrestler and has become almost an idea, right? CM Punk has become almost an idea in that, um, in the genre of professional wrestling, sports entertainment, however you want to call it, he re- kind of represents everything that isn't Vince or everything that isn't corporate or everything that isn't sports entertainment-esque, Right. The anti-WWE thing and I hate that in the general, but I get it. And so now when people chant CM Punk, I don't think they're chanting we literally want him here. I think it's a way of using him and his legacy, if you will, to kind of explain that this isn't okay. We want something different, or this isn't okay with us, or such so on and so forth. So the fact that he usurped being just another just a wrestler and became an idea, I, I I I sympathize with his fans, and while he alienated me personally as a fan, we'll get into that a little, little later on, I, I feel for his fans and I feel happy for them, because I know how much he and how much what he represented, good, bad, or indifferent, means to that fan base. So to see them finally feel gratified, to see that entire arena like y'all saw, Again, mind you, I could care less about the guy. Don't care one bit. But to see what he meant to y'all and what that moment meant to y'all, to the point where people, like you said, grown men were crying, that make that's got to make you feel good as a, as a wrestling fan, right? And and to him and his response to it, and to see him drink it in and take uh, extra time when he got on his knees, Punk is openly, notoriously atheist. That he sat, he kneeled down, and all, it was almost like he was like. Praying to God saying, thank you for this moment. It it, it was like really cool to see that dude and what he's gone through in his in his seven, eight years. And to get that moment, that was really cool to see.
1: No, it's interesting that you brought that up. Number one, you know he loves this industry. Like, he felt a little way about it, and, you know, the whole WWE experience left a bad taste in his mouth, obviously. Whether good or bad, right or wrong, you know, it's always three sides to every story. But, I mean, that's something that we hear a lot in terms of entertainment. Like, this is, you know, men and women, hey, I love this shit. This is what I wanted to do. This is what I wanted to dedicate my life to. And then I got everything I thought I wanted. And then when I got there, I realized it wasn't all cracked up to be. I think that's kind of relatable on on that level. And listen, man, WWE and AEW, it's like comparing apples to orangutans, okay? Like, AEW is so far off the beaten path in terms of competing with WWE. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not—yeah, that— we we know that that's a given. Like you know what I mean? It it is what it is at this particular point in time. But in that moment, yeah, in front of that crowd, I'm not saying that it was. Frankly, I don't think that it was. And we'll see what happens moving forward. But it felt like a paradigm shift at that point in time. Like a, so, for example, we were there with one of our friends, and he had stopped watching professional wrestling because, you know, a lot of people stop watching professional wrestling at some point in time. But the thing that got him back and the thing that drew him to that arena at that particular oh. moment in that particular evening, yes, was CM Punk. So it felt like a real moment. Now, we'll see what happens with the follow-up and where they go from that. But at that particular time, at that particular moment, that was a real moment.
2: So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the promo he cut. Now, I think that the biggest kind of positive that CM Punk brings to A.W. And of course, number one, that clearly is star power, right? This is a guy who has, he was a former UFC fighter, so sports entities are going to talk about him because of who he is, right? He's not just another wrestler. He's bigger than that. But um, he, the biggest positive he has is the fact that he, he's golden the mic and his promos and his ability to talk to people and make people feel a certain thing. That's, that's more, that'll do more than any wrestling, any wrestling match or move will ever do. So, of course, that's probably the most anticipated. <laughs> that, that, either that and The Rock when he came back from being gone so long, those are probably the two I could think of the most, and, and Roman coming back from cancer, are probably the three most anticipated promos ever, at least in this generation. This promo was super anticipated because you knew he had a lot to say, and quite frankly, he had a lot to own up to. I want to hear your thoughts because I have some thoughts about his promos speaking of um that premise there about owning up to things. What did you think of the promo and how I know it I know how it went over clearly. You heard how it went over. But what did you particularly think of of his promo?
1: Obviously, man, I was there. And you know how this goes, man, cuz you've been to shows, man, so you're going to have yeah. a bias because you're there living in the moment. So yeah, Absolutely. I thought it was great. I like that he didn't explicitly bury WWE. Like, he alluded to some of the things that led to him ending his tenure with them. And, it, I mean, it was pretty explicit, but he didn't just come out and just bury them, which I know a lot of AEW people, they've gotten some flack about that. Like, they come out and, you know, they say things against WWE, and they've gotten flack for that. So he said what he had to say without saying, without being explicit about it. Like, if you know, you know. It was kind of one of those things.
2: Pretty explicit, but I mean, sure, it, it was that was the pretty the explicit, was but, it, clever, but it was pretty fun. It was, I, but it wasn't. I, it I, I was. couldn't get healthy being in the same place that got me sick in the first place. That's pretty explicit, dog. But
1: it okay, fair enough. But it wasn't fuck WWE. And yes. I, 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 I yes. feel like a lot of the AEW detractors, and, and you've been critical, hell, like, we've both been critical of them, but I think that that's one of the things that people are critical about because they they're that explicit with it sometimes, you know what I mean? I mean, Cody. Taking a sledgehammer to the goddamn throne. I mean
2: eh. oh, they had a ladder match for a brass ring. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I felt like he was as diplomatic as he could be. But I mean, if you heard, you know, his podcast and things like that, you you already know what it was. But I felt like he was very I feel like all things being considered, especially considering it was punk, he was as diplomatic as he could be. But I like that he gave a callback to the fans because that was one of the things that I saw a lot of people diss him about like they felt like he turned his back on them I never felt like that I felt like the Mellon Farmer wasn't happy and he was in a position to leave a place that wasn't making him happy and we should all be so fortunate to be able to just say you know what I don't like this job anymore fuck it I'm gonna go do some other shit and I respect that and he mm-hmm. he put himself in a position where he was able to do that and he made a decent living for himself so I I, I respect that like I wasn't, I wasn't upset about that you know
2: I'm gonna take a quick break because I uh, we got there's a, there's a lot of meat on this bone and we don't plan on being here too long today. We want to start your show. We want to start your day off or your day the chair shot way. Um, and we want to start this kind of thing off right with the CM Punk news with uh, chair shot radio. Here we're gonna take a quick break while we're taking a break. Um, I'll steal from my brother Mr. Platt who does this on every show we have by telling you to go to prowrestletees.com slash chair shot to go procure some of the finest professional wrestling or sports entertainment items, T-shirts, and whatnot. They're all there for you. Uh, as Mr. Tunney would say, make your Urban dermis feel good and go get some of that good stuff. We'll be right back. Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
0: Hey, folks, PC Tunney here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. 99 per month get your free trial today at powerslam.tv go to powerslam.tv promo code chair shot get your free month again that's powerslam.tv promo code chair shot
1: the chair always use your head Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: So, Mr. Platt, I want to kind of give you my hot takes on the promo, and we can kind of go back and forth a bit. You 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 were there, and I love how you said before we went to the break, something that a lot of people don't really acknowledge, but your View will always be skewed if you're at the show It doesn't mean that your view is wrong But it's always going to be a, a, a different Level of enjoyment or entertainment if you Were there um, So let me. Say, but I want to say this, number one I Was a CM Punk fan Now what Did I feel about him the way I feel about Sean Or the way I feel about Roman? No But was he one of the guys that I loved And appreciated more, most? Absolutely Because he was different The only thing about me, I appreciate different um, so I, I felt, I felt, and I feel alienated by CM Punk as a fan for a myriad of reasons. First and foremost, I don't begrudge that man for leaving. If you are not in a good place and they're not listening to you saying you need time off, you you got to take care of yourself. I have no qualms with him leaving. I think it was whack that he left when he had three, five more months on his contract. I think that was whack. You know what I'm saying? So... But nonetheless, nonetheless, I don't begrudge for leaving. My my initial qualms come with the fact that he went on that podcast and did everything he could to to kind of burn shit down. He ruined Roman's he ruined Roman's career. And while it, he was the catalyst I, for the reason people I, I, look at him negatively.
1: You've said this a lot in the past. I've heard you say this on podcasts. I've heard you say this, I've seen you say this on Twitter. I disagree, man. I think that the problem that people had is that Daniel Bryan came back. And they expected WWE to pick up right where they left off with Daniel Bryan. And WWE had moved on. And they decided that they wanted to move on with Roman Reigns. And then I feel like that was the catalyst for the Roman hate, man. Not so much the CM Punk interview.
2: You know what I mean? You're you're not wrong because both of those happened. But what you're ignoring is there was two months before Bryan ever came back. The Roman hate started in November. Roman got hurt. Roman had the hernia in September, September, October, was out for six weeks or so to get the surgery and came back in November. Right. Right before Survivor Series. Right before or right after Survivor Series. One of the two. And while he was out, remember, he won unanimously. It was legitimate, by the way. Even even Melzer's bitch ass said it was legitimate. One Superstar of the Year on the vote for WWE.com. Legitimately.
1: But did That's, Punk really, but did Punk bury him in that conversation? All he said was, I'm going three on one versus the shield. Make sure Roman looks good. I don't feel like that was a burial, though. That's just I'm
2: not saying. I must, you don't have to, you don't have to overtly say something to bury somebody to know that what you're going to say is going to lead to it. Okay. This is the same issue I have with Meltzer. Your, your words have power.
1: But but Meltzer can't talk. That's not fair. Can, can, that's not fair. Compare much mouth Meltzer to you know one point. of the great orators of this modern era. You know, much mouth Meltzer. Come on, man.
2: Great point. Melter he don't Melter.
1: know what the fuck he be talking about all uh, half the time. If you listen to him, because I do, because this is what we do, and I feel yeah. like he's the top guy. So you gotta kind of, you know, you gotta do yeah. your research. But yeah. But
2: I, but and, you're 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 spot on there. I, what I'm saying is he. Whether he was doing it on purpose, which normally everything punk does has a purpose, or whether it was happenstance. He had to know that saying that is going to open up a firestorm of, you know how IWC wrestling fans are. They rebel against anything that Vince wants. That's the reason they hated Cena for all those years. He's stuffed down our throats. Well, every top guy's been stuffed down your throats scoring back to 1984. This isn't new. This is what it is. Bret Hart, stuff down your throat. Shawn Michaels, stuff down your throats. Macho Man, stuff down your throats. Cena, Austin, Rock, Taker, Hunter. Everybody's been stuffed. Daniel Bryan stuffed everybody's stuff down your throats. That's what you do with the top superstar. Dare I say Kenny Omega's being stuffed down my throat right now if you watch AEW, but nobody would ever say that because we like Kenny. That's well, the thing.
1: You, you, you can't say that because it would be termed homophobic because you know Kenny Omega stuff down your throat. But well, I, I, no, I, I don't want to get into this <laughs> oh, argument. Oh
2: boy, that's funny as hell.
1: But we'll be here for the next hour. But the only one of those that actually got legitimate backlash is one, and we know who the one was. Yeah,
2: and that's because I, it was a different time. At the
1: time. Yeah. Because remember, they booed Batista when he came back because he wasn't Daniel Bryan. I feel like this was more Daniel Bryan as opposed that, to...
2: No, Punk Batista fan, was know. more Daniel Bryan because they didn't even have the respect to put Bryan in the damn match. That was straight and, and because Batista walked in and hadn't done anything. And first match back, wins the Royal Rumble. I got that one. I hated it for Batista, but I understood that. With Roman, Roman had been full-time. People had been begging for Roman. I mean, screaming for Roman to be the next guy. He's next up. Let's get him ready. The Shield breaks up by necessity because Brian got hurt. They needed new stars, right? Mm -hmm. Ambrose is your star in the midcard because he got the feud with Rollins. We're going to put Roman in the feud with Gordon. Something else that we didn't change the fucking subject.
1: (laughs) Go ahead. I'm going to let you get your shit off, man. I'm not going to rebut, but get your shit off.
2: I mean, if you want to, you can, like, Clearly, I, I didn't want to do this long, but if we gotta be here, we gotta be here. We don't really give a shit. Um, but there's one promo that proves to me that wrestling fans pick and choose what they remember. But the last promo as the Shield with with Roman and Ambrose, they come out and Ambrose talks about how he's going after after going after Seth, and Roman talks about why he's, he's how he's gonna go after Orton. And Triple H, and that's the last time they come out together as the Shield. People think arbitrarily, well, they just threw Roman in the title, in title picture. No, Roman was going after Orton the whole time. Every one of those matches, Orton was involved in. So that that's that. Now that's neither here nor there. That's that. But I, the only reason I'm bringing that up is to show that there was a clear, clear push from the crowd, organically. Y'all love that word, right? To make Roman the next star. Punk walks out. Completely understandable how he walks out, why he walks out. Next year, Romans getting the big singles push because we need somebody, we need a star, we need a face. We got the two, one in the mid-card building up, one that were in the upper mid-card, right? Makes perfect sense. And then he gets hurt when he gets the big match with Seth. He gets hurt, comes back, and while he's gone. He's not even there to even do anything. While he's gone, Punk says, oh, well, 3-1, you know, make Roman make, make Roman be stronger. You know, Roman wasn't even supposed to be in the Shield. It was supposed to be Chris Hero and so on and so forth. Now, he did not say he didn't want Roman. I give you that. I stick up for him on that one. He didn't say that he didn't want Roman. But those two things made the fans think, well, Roman is all Vince. We don't believe in that. We don't want that. And They booed him for the next two months, and it was solidified by the horrible timing by WWE to let Brian come back for that Rumble.
1: That's the part. That's the thing. But it had already came started. Back.
2: But it had already started, Chris. Uh, I don't think That's the, it had so, already. Man. Go back and watch the shows. It's on the network. Go back and watch every show. In fact, we'll do this. After we end the show, in fact, we'll come back on whether it's head trauma, whether it's The Edge, whether it's Potter's War, some kind of way me and you would get back together after we do this test, if you're willing, I'm w- I'm going to look up the date of the punk podcast, the Art of War with Coco Bana and, and CM Punk. I'm going to go back to that date. And then I want us to go back and watch every Roman segment from that date to the Rumble or till Daniel Bryan announces he's, he's back. And I want you to see the difference before and after.
1: Let's do that because, you know, I don't have an, I don't have no problem saying if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It is what it is. I don't have no
2: problem that's, with that. That's the yeah. between you like yeah,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. it was real right yeah so let's do that um because i want to get off of rome i want to get back to punk this is about punk yeah. but that that's why he and that's that along with the fact that how he treated the treated the people around him the way he treated hornswoggle which i'll never forgive right
1: i mean he's a he's a material motherfucker man like there's no no ifs ands or buts about that
2: exactly he's treated so he treated so many people the way he did Coke cabana like there's so many things he did. And then more importantly, how he talked so negatively about the business. That is the only reason he ab- is able to live the life he lives. I understand that you you got beef for WWE. I get that you're jaded and you feel a certain way. But I'm this is this is matters to me personally as a person. This is this is Rams talking, not Ray. This matters to me as a person. Just because you're going through something doesn't mean you're not accountable for what you go through. Just because you're in a bad place or you're emotionally hurt or you have this, you that or you're inebriated, or you have a You are still accountable for the things you did when you were in that space. And I feel like people think just because you were going through something, well, no, it's a pass. You don't get a pass from me. You have to be accountable. So the one thing he said last night that touched that touched me and talked to me is he said, if at any point doing what I had to go through to get myself healthy. I said or did anything that alienated you as a fan. He didn't say I'm sorry, but you could tell that he was trying to say, I understand why you feel that way, and I hope you give me a chance. So that's the one thing he said that caught me because it lets me know he's aware.
1: And I respect that because he was clearly shooting during that, that, that awesome.
2: whole pr- promo. I was still talking.
1: Yeah. Now to be fair, I'm sure he had a if, if you've ever done any public speaking whatsoever, you gotta have a blueprint in your head of what you're gonna say and where you're gonna bullet go. Points. But yeah, but you got bullet points in your head. Yeah, perfectly said. But once you get inside, you know, get get out in front of that crowd and receiving that love and everything, yeah. He he was rocking with it. And I, I like that you said that because I you know, I, I feel where you're coming from. But something else that you said that I, you know, I don't want to touch too too tough on it, but it bears being said, from all accounts, regardless of how you feel about AEW, and I think we've both been critical about AEW and the product that they put out. Obviously, this and the uh, potential of Brian Danielson coming there has reinvigorated my interest in AEW. Sure. But re- yeah, but regardless of how you feel about the product that they've been putting out, from all accounts that I've heard and from all accounts that I've read, that locker room is pretty Harmonious, and yeah. everybody is there for the company trying to put on the best show that they possibly can. Do they always reach that benchmark? No, of course not. And we've all said that. So, that's- introducing, yeah, a, a character like CM Punk, uh like I said earlier, a Mercurial Melon Farmer, I'm wondering how that's going to go over in the locker room or what type of effect that that may have in the locker room moving forward. I think that's. An interesting what-if, for lack of a better term.
2: Okay, whatever well, I see what you did there. Yeah, I you think see this, where
1: I'm going.
2: Yeah, I think right now it's going to be fine because, number one, it's he's he clearly is rejuvenated as a human being. Um, He clearly is loves pro wrestling again, and he had a great line, which again was a diss, but he had a great line that September of whatever, August, oh, August 13th, 2005, I left professional wrestling and now I'm back. This is the time of WWE. But again, I get it. Um, there, it was a very, very great line as far as wrestling lines go. Um, but, thing, you know, happy home right now. Things are cool. People are happy to see him. Honeymoon. Um, well, honeymoon period, right. The relative knowledge he has compared to all these young kids that have never even been on TV before until now, it's cool. The best thing that AW ever did was hiring people like Paul White and Mark Henry. Because in the history of their careers, Took a little longer for show to get there, but Mark Henry pretty much the entire time. They've been linchpins in the locker room that have been men of integrity that can help situations go here or there. And especially in Mark Henry's case, because he is, how you feel about him personally? The boy, the the dude, all he cares, seems to care about is like helping people and getting them to a certain point, a certain level. Um, And I appreciate that they came because, you know, they've talked about it. Jim Ross has spoke about it as young kids, wasn't listening to people like Jerry Leonard or Dean Malenko, mm-hmm. you're not going to look at Mark Henry or Paul White not listening to them.
1: And say, fuck what you talk about. Yeah, that's yeah, just not going to happen. And, it's and, not going to and, happen. And Mark, and Mark Henry is responsible for a lot of people in both of those locker rooms even being in the business, period. So
2: Shout out to Bianca Belair, who he found himself. Jade Cargill. Um, Jay, shout out to Jade Cargill. Great point. Yeah. I forgot about Jade. Yes, yeah. that is a Mark Henry find. Um, so I think it'll be fun, but I think down the line, Punk is going to be Punk. He's And that this is something that he's shown everywhere he's been. He has, I'm not going to say alienated the locker room, but he's had moments where he's, you, you said it, fantastic. He's a mercurial melon farmer. And I hope that isn't the case. Tony Khan said in their post-show uh, scrum that this is not a short-term thing. He's here for the long haul. First match against Darby, I, I don't see this man wrestling more than 10 matches a year. Quite frankly, he's kind of earned that, that equity, especially coming in yeah. WWE. Maybe not. He earned a lot of equity in WWE if he ever went back. But in AEW, he don't need y'all. Y'all need him. He's earned that equity. Um, But him, he, I hope he does what the rest of the old guys say that, they, say that they're doing that they're not. And that's putting over the young people because I watched Sting wrestlers first match and <laughs> in, in, uh, on television and on TNT in 20 plus years against a young tag team who was thrown away by the WWE. And in two weeks have built themselves up to be legitimate and take a double power bomb through a table with the broken neck. We know the man got that ruined his career in the first place and no selling. You ain't helping the young guys dog. Don't talk to me about that. To be fair,
1: to be fair, Sting been trying to retire for 20 years. It's just people keep giving him checks to show up and wrestle. He's not even a wrestling fan. He doesn't have any love for wrestling. He just, he getting him checks. He was there to make his money. You know what I mean? He didn't have that passion for wrestling. He was a bodybuilder guy that got swooped up in the Ultimate Warrior craze because he looked good. And people figured, okay, we can try to get something out of him. And he had a better temperament than Ultimate Warrior. He had, you know, a better temperament. He was more likable. And people were more willing to give him chances and he became a big star. But he had been trying to retire since WW, or WCW folded. But melon Farmers keep giving this dude checks to show up and wrestle. I ain't mad at you, Sting. Keep getting them checks. 62-year-old ass with your bad neck and osteoporosis. But fuck it. If they going to keep paying you, keep getting them checks. I, I didn't like that spot either. It's all yeah. bad. Especially from a 62-year-old guy who isn't the future of the industry and you got some guys that been here for two and a half minutes and found a way to get themselves over. I don't like that, but it is what it is. What are what, what you going to do?
2: What you and do? the point for both of these matches is to put over Darby. Every match Sting has wrestled with Darby, with the exception of that cinematic match, which is a whole different conversation. Sting got the pin. Yeah. Like, let Darby cough and drop one of them boys, right? Mm-hmm. When he stacked them on top of each other, I thought that Darby was going to cough and drop both of them, but nope. Sharpshooter. I've refused to call it the other name. So, like... <laughs> I, I.
1: So you just a Sting hater, basically. That's what I'm, I'm hearing.
2: I'm not That's a what Sting. I'm a hater. This thing got Well, me and Sting have our issues, yes. But you couldn't the, even the, say the, Scorpion deathlock though, bro. Well, because I don't rock with that word. But, um... Uh, <laughs> but, um... You've thrown me off so every time. <laughs> um... No, my issue is with this idea that... A, I, I appreciate AW is trying to help out the legends and giving them places to go, but the only the only there's only two legends who are doing it right in my opinion, two, and that's Tully and that's Arn, because Arn doesn't overshadow Cody. Arn is there as help. Tully doesn't overshadow FTR or Sean Spears. In fact, Tully is the reason why Sean Spears is still viable. Yeah, because he's doing the job as a coach or a manager or agent perfectly. Everybody else overshadows the guy. We just got to the point where Lance is finally shining on his own. Because before Lance wouldn't even talk, Jake would talk, say everything for him. So that's my only issue. That's my only issue with it is these old cats supposed to be coming here to face the young guys, but they're not, they're not putting over the young guys. That's why I big show and Mark Henry. I'm happy they're in AEW for the backstage situation, but on screen. Y'all could you can kiss my ass with that bullshit? All this hate you talking about WWE. Because everything you wanted, they gave you. You said you wanted to be done. You said you wanted to move on and do this. They did that for you. But because you didn't get everything you wanted. Now, now I'm bitching and complaining, I'm moving. No more BS. Really? That's what we're doing.
1: I mean, they treated him like a bitch on the way out, but that's, you know.
2: How did they treat him like a bitch on the way out? His last matches were title matches.
1: Didn't Randy Orton kick him in the head and piss on his back
2: Randy on the way Orton out? Randy Orton kicks everybody in the head. Bro. <laughs> you get a kick. You get a kick. I'm just
1: saying, man. The I, I'm not mad at anybody taking Pretty Tony's money. You know what I mean? I don't begrudge anybody I mean, for that. But I mean, at this point in time, man, you're building up a roster, and there's there's a lot of talented Mellon farmers in AEW, and now yes. you're, you're you're bringing in guys like CM Punk. You're bringing in guys like allegedly Brian Danielson. Like the
2: we His need big Adam share. I believe he's the next guy. I'm pretty, pretty sure tony. either either uh Braun or Bray is probably going to be the next guy. But go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Pretty tony, man. I understand. It's your federation, you'll do what you want to. I'm not mad at you even trying to book. If it was my money, well if it was my money, I wouldn't book no. I, but but you got all these veterans that you can lean on. You have the big shows. You have the Mark Henrys, top Very guys. Sure. You got you got Christians. You got Arn Anderson. You got Tully. You got Jake the Snake. All these guys that you got Jim Ross. All these guys that have this mind for the business. Perhaps you need to take one of them on as a consigliere, even if you want to continue to book because it's your show. You'll do what you want to, but bring one of these on, and maybe we can bridge the old school with the new school. And the 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 VPs need to take a step back. We we the the Bucks. Y'all got to take a step back. Kenny Omega. I respect him as a wrestler. I, I think it's a little overrated, but he still he has value as a wrestler. I think the problem is in New Japan, you didn't need much of a character. You were a gaijin. You were a white guy that could come in and have good matches.
2: You didn't and you need spoke Japanese.
1: And you spoke Japanese, which they respect that because you took the time to learn the language. But you didn't need much of a character beyond that. Now you're back here in America, your character ain't working. Seth Rollins is doing your character way better than you're doing right now in the E. You know what I mean? And it's weird because I'm foxing with the Seth Rollins character right now, and I feel like it's the exact same thing Omega's doing, and I roll my eyes at that. But that being said, y'all need to get, take a step back because y'all have a opportunity at this particular point in time with this CM Punk signing, with the alleged Daniel – or Brian Danielson signing, with maybe Adam Cole coming in. Y'all have an opportunity to really – okay, maybe not Adam Cole, but either way, y'all have an opportunity to really make a headway in this industry right now, but you got – Melon Farmer at the head that doesn't know what he's doing. So you you need to kind of step back, take your ego out and learn from the people that have been in this industry for 20, 30, 40 years and mix their old school psychology with the new school and try to come up with something new, fresh and different. I hope that's what happens. By the way, we legit got our ice cream bars, too, on the way out of the United Down Center. The I, had to, to that that I had to throw
2: that's that's that out there. And that's a real thing. There. That's a real thing. Like, that's not just the one-time thing. I think CM Punk ice cream bars are for sale regularly in Chicago. Shout-out to your uh,
1: boy. So I, I didn't eat mine, man. I found a, a young kid, and I gave it to him with permission from his mom and dad. And I, I, I gave my ice cream bar to him. But, yeah, shout-out to that, though. That was kind of a cool callback.
2: What I loved about he, what, where he said he got the idea from was, you know, uh, going to sports for a second, the Cubs kind of just – Everybody, they, they sold the farm, right? Yes. Well, when John Lester got traded, um, it was probably a couple years ago, but they've been getting rid of people for a couple years now. Apparently, he opened up a tab on all the bars in Chicago on him as a thank you. And that's where Punk got the idea from. And I think that's so dope. I nice. think that's such, especially, again, talk about that symbiotic relationship between him and the city. That's type of thing that keeps those people. That you saw, man. Frank the Clown was there, and he gave Frank a big hug. The people in the front row, which are, I'm guessing were his family, he gave hugs. He, you know, us dumbass wrestling fans that go to all these shows, they know us. If you're there a lot, you saw him pointing to people in the crowd who were fans. Like the relationship he has with that city is unlike anything I've ever seen from a from a wrestler to just a specific city. I ain't never seen nothing like it, and so. Those ice cream bars just go to solidify that relationship with him in that city. Here's the thing, and I want to kind of end this on that. We know he's going after Darby, which, appreciate you for coming, Darby. You were over for a minute. (laughs) You're going to go to sleep in about five and a half minutes. (laughs) Darby's Um, still
1: over, but that loss isn't going to hurt Darby. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not going to hurt Darby.
2: Just like Bianca's loss, ain't gotta hurt her. My bad. Sorry. Her, didn't oh. mean to bring up. Didn't Price. mean to you, bring no, up.
1: You you try to get a whole nother hour on this motherfucker. We need to get you on Wednesday because I'm gonna get all up in that shit come Wednesday or or when you listen Thursday on Pirates War. I'm gonna get all up in that shit. Oh man. Yeah. Well,
2: look. Tell, yeah. uh, tell tell Andrew you can take the week off because I know you don't want to talk about this shit anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> we, I'll, we, we, we might if have we'll to have make happen. that work, yeah. That we we'll might have, have to make that happen, yes,
2: because, yeah, yeah. Because head trauma is gonna be interesting this week for sure, and <laughs> the edge is gonna be interesting this week for sure. So yes, I'm here for that. Um, but to kind of end the sh- kind of end the show, we know where Punk is going now, Darby. We know what's gonna happen. Ain't no way to help Punk losing that match. Sorry, Darby. But going forward, um, the assumption is that. Rampage will get probably um, anywhere between 950,000 and 1.10 million viewers, which is really good for the time slot, but it's a one-time pop. It's not going to happen every fucking Friday. And that's not a diss. That's just real. Anytime something big happens, people tune in to watch. They're not going to tune in to watch that. There's no way he could keep popping that many. You know what I'm saying? That's um, but what is the future hold for Punk? the, the, the starting future? What's the future all for Punk? What's the future all for AEW with Punk? Where do you see a lot of this going and do you think it's going to work?
1: Well, it's kind of like what I was talking about earlier, man. Y'all have got a lot of talent there right now. Like the that AEW roster is super talented and there's guys that, or and women as well, that could be needle movers. I think that the EVPs need to fall back a little bit. I think there's way too much TV time devoted to, to them and they need to fall back. Because y'all have talent. Yeah. That's fact. Right. Y'all got to fall back because you have talent to, that could possibly move the needle and take this professional wrestling thing in a different direction.
2: By the way, real quick pause. Thank you, Malachi Black, for kicking the shit out of Garrett Reynolds out of the damn company for a minute. I love you for that. Thank you. Please continue.
1: He'll be back at the end of their reality show. You already know.
2: Don't. Look, I'm in a good mood and I'm happy. Don't sit here and bring my mood down. Don't kill my vibe. By telling me he's coming back.
1: Well, technically, I'm not a Platt. Shout out to George Platt, by the way. He transitioned a couple weeks ago. That's my sister's father. But I am proud to be a fellow black person associated with the Platt family. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Works. You Platt, get what I Oh, I got yeah. you. I'm yeah. just happy. I'm just happy that Mister that Mister Reynolds Rhodes is gone Two for time. now.
1: But you 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 got Malachi Black, you got Powerhouse Hobbs, which I need to figure out what to do with him because that mellow farmer got star written all over him. The
2: whole team ties. Ricky Starks is hook is a star. Oh, and Ricky work. Starks
1: is amazing. Yeah. You've got this talent. You've got uh, uh fucking uh who's the guys with Matt Hardy? Private Party. They still need a little more seasoning, but they they got it. They just need Private more seasoning. Private
2: Party a Private Party is a dope tag team, but they'll never be anything more than that because they, number one they won't allow them to be anything more than that, and. The hard, I, I appreciate what the idea of the Hardy family office is, but it's essentially Matt and his cronies.
1: Fair enough. But they have talent. You got, uh, got a lot
2: of talent, but you got to yeah. have more than talent dog, to make it as a business.
1: They finally figured out what to do with Miro. They, there's, to- a, there's a lot of talent on that roster. Like that roster is very deep right now. And the EVPs, y'all got to take a step back, man, for the love of the business. Obviously we know what's happening here. They're working a mark they're working a money Mark and no disrespect to pretty Tony because he seems like a decent person, but he's a money mark at this particular point in time, which is why he needs to kind of take a step back, listen to these old school guys and milk two worlds, man. But you have an opportunity to really start to make some headway. Like I'm back now. I'm here for punk. I'm here for Danielson. I'm here for it. You have an opportunity, man. You, you gotta, you gotta take a step back a little bit, man. And, Recalibrate. They need a recalibration right now. They need a recalibration of the situation that they're facing. Okay. Shout Johnny out
0: Cocker. to
1: Freddie Cougar and Jason.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I say that's that that's a Cordell West type talk. <laughs> okay. So um, those of you who didn't get a chance to watch Rampage, and I, they they fit three matches into like. 35 minutes. Blown away. And the Private Party versus Jurassic Express got time, Blown away how they did that. Um, but if you didn't watch Rampage I, or you don't care about AEW, that's fine. I implore you f- for nothing else, for the sake of wrestling history, to watch at least Punk's entrance. Because it is a masterclass in taking in the moment in a relationship between a wrestler and his fans and in Something that a lot of people uh, criticize WWE for, which I understand, I don't totally agree, but I get it, is living up to what you promised. They promised Punk without promising Punk and Punk showed up and Punk did everything that you would have wanted him to do that night. Shout out to that. I implore you to go watch that, if nothing else. Uh, Of course, we got a ton, a ton of of different things we're gonna be talking about wrestling-wise. And other it's other situations here on the Chesshot.com, Chesshot Radio Network. Not only do we have the news, reviews, analysis, and opinions analysis, I'm trying my best to do my plat impersonation. With attitude. With attitude, because you're smarter than the average fan. Ah. Bob. You. But we also have sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. Got all of it. And you. there's no more week to be watching or listening or reading com and this one with everything that's happened this week in the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. I implore you to check us out. I appreciate you listening to us today. Tomorrow, I believe we have Mr. Tunney. No, tomorrow is Greg, right?
1: Yeah, I think Greg's tomorrow.
2: I don't know the fucking schedule. I know him on Thursdays. Anyway, of course, this is your boy, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. Uh, at, it's Ray Cash. R-E-Y as Mysterio. C-A-S-H as in dollars. Holler at me on Twitter. Chairshot Radio at Chairshot Media. Mr. Platt, if you would tell them where you they can find you and get us out of here.
1: Y'all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. More importantly, if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at the Chair Shot, the best way to make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out here at the Chair Shot is by going to ProWrestnTs.com forward slash the Chair Shot and picking up an official ChairShot t-shirt. I guarantee you're going to find something that you absolutely adore. And you'll be supporting the movement. Because remember, TheCheershot.com, we're not just a website, we're a movement. Thanks for having me on, Mr. Raymond Cash. Shout out to P.O.D., as well as Mr. Dave Ungar, my personal consigliere. And yo, man, the bottom line is this. This was an amazing weekend to be a wrestling fan. Whether you loved everything that happened, whether you absolutely hated everything that happened, the fact of the moment is... We live for the moments. And as wrestling fans, we wade through a lot of bullshit because of moments like this weekend. Because when you get those moments, all the bullshit that we got to wade through and eat, it makes it so much worth it. It's so worth it because these moments are legendary and iconic and priceless. And that's why we're here. That's literally why you're here listening. That's why we're here talking about it. We're here for those moments. For my brother Ray Cash, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes Christopher Platt. Thank you all for tuning in to Cheershot Radio. We'll see you next time. Until then, shalom.